Welcome to the Confluence of Ideas from Confluence Investment Management, focusing on broad geopolitical and economic trends and their investment implications. Confluence Investment Management has developed its own tool, the Confluence Diffusion Index, to measure where we stand in the business cycle. And staff economist Thomas Wash periodically issues a business cycle report, distilling information from this tool to help anticipate economic and market behavior. Thomas joins us today to discuss his latest report. Thomas, first, describe briefly the Confluence Diffusion Index. What is it composed of? The Diffusion Index tracks 11 leading economic indicators from three areas of the economy, finance, labor, and goods producing. It uses a three-month moving average to track the state of the business cycle. The red line signals when the business cycle is headed toward a recession, while the blue line signals when the business cycle is headed toward a recovery. And what is its history? Has the index correctly identified business cycles in the past? Well, the indicator actually performed well in the previous recession as its movements coincided with the business cycle. However, it generally provides about six months of lead time for a contraction and five months of lead time for a recovery. Before we get into some of the specific economic indicators you follow in the index, tell us your latest broad findings. Well, the index has declined for six consecutive months and is currently below the contraction indicator. Based on the result of the index, a recession could occur as early as mid-2023. Six straight months of declines in the index. That seems significant, is it? It shows how much the economy has started to slow throughout the year. So far, much of the weakness has been related to the financial indicators. However, the goods-producing indicators are also approaching their respective contraction territories. There's a big difference between a deep recession and a mild one. Let's examine a few of the individual measures that contribute to the index. First, consumer confidence. We know it's heading lower, but are we seeing a drastic change? Well, not as much as one would expect, given the level of inflation. The latest reading shows that consumer confidence is barely below its contraction signal. The October Consumer Confidence Report showed that respondents are growing pessimistic about the economy over the next several months, which could mean that households could start to rein in their spending. Is it possible that a moderation in the Federal Reserve's pace of interest rate hikes could turn consumer confidence around? I don't think so. Whether the Fed raises rates by 25 basis points or 100 basis points, it still means that borrowing costs are rising. Thus, spending on big-ticket items such as cars or homes will slow and possibly fall over the next few months as the Fed tightens. Is Confluence Investment Management anticipating any Fed moderation anytime soon? The latest FOMC meeting minutes showed that most policymakers support more modest rate hikes going forward. At this time, we suspect that the Fed will scale back the rate hikes while extending the tightening cycle. And we believe as long as the economy grows, the Fed will continue to raise rates. 
You also follow the Wilshire 5000 total return index, which is down some 18.5% compared to a year ago. The energy sector has performed well during this time period, while consumer discretionary and real estate have suffered. What does the performance of various sectors tell us about where we stand in the business cycle and what may lie ahead? Well, there is evidence that shows that the energy sector typically does well in an inflationary, low-growth environment. Thus, its strong performance isn't surprising. That said, when defensive sectors such as healthcare and finance start leading their peers, it's a general sign that the economy may be in trouble. Manufacturing orders are measured by the three-month moving average of the annual change in new orders for non-defense capital goods. That's a mouthful. Looking at this index, we're down year over year, but I noticed some improvement in new orders during October compared to the previous month. Does this indicate some improvement ahead? Not necessarily. Manufacturing orders are notoriously volatile and are frequently revised, which is why we prefer to look at the annual change in the three-month moving average, which is smoother and more reliable. Housing is another key indicator. Now, you look at the 36-month moving average change for housing starts. We tend to focus on the slowdown in starts to the point where we might ignore the fact that starts do continue to expand year over year. How would you describe the state of housing construction? Home builders have started to slow down construction, partly due to higher input costs, a labor shortage, and concerns about future demand. Thomas, it's pretty hard to envision a future where interest rates might decline to levels that we saw, say, a year ago. Yet demand for housing still seems to be high, even as affordability slips. It's a little bit confusing. Does the data you follow suggest a sizable decline in home prices is possible, say 15 to 20%? Well, we all need a place to stay. So although a drop in demand can weigh on housing prices, a slowdown in construction could also be bullish for housing if supply is limited. Recent data suggests that home prices have turned slightly, but it is too soon to tell whether it will lead to a residential bear market. The depth of the decline depends on how high the Fed plans to raise rates because at some point, buyers will be priced out of the market. Well, many people's savings are their home value. I imagine a decline in prices may have an outsized impact on consumer confidence. Yes. As our previous research shows, a decline in home prices will have a negative wealth effect on consumers. As a result, households may start to pull back on spending, which could hurt domestic consumption. Thomas, of course, employment is a key factor as we measure economic health and the business cycle. There have been a lot of headlines lately about layoffs by technology firms, but it does look like some companies are trying to hold on to workers to avoid shortages in the future, and some sectors are continuing to add jobs. What are you seeing overall in terms of employment trends? Well, I have noticed that firms are reluctant to let go of workers. Instead of an increase in layoffs as the economy starts to slow down, there has been a reduction in hiring. The phenomena are partly related to the myopic tendency of firms. During the last recession, firms struggled to find the labor needed to fill open positions, which made it harder for them to ramp up production to meet demand. As a result, firms are reluctant to let go of workers due to concerns that they may not be able to replace them when times get better. 
you pay attention to the two-year difference in the unemployment rate. Why two-year? Well, although the unemployment rate is a lagging indicator, the two-year difference has been known to give insight into changes in the business cycle. We pay attention to the two-year difference in the unemployment rate due to its sensitivity and relevance when compared to shorter and longer time frames. How about weekly jobless claims? Are they anywhere near a level that suggests recession? Like the other employment indicators, weekly jobless claims are far from their recession signal. Well, is recession likely if job openings remain reasonably abundant? Well, I think so. Firms are likely to look for workers even as the economy contracts, especially if they expect the downturn to be limited. Turning to another indicator you follow, the yield curve. An inversion in the yield curve is seen as a reliable recession indicator. How valuable is this indicator? Does it outweigh other data that might seem a little bit more positive? The yield curve is one of the most widely cited leading indicators. However, one of its setbacks is that it can tell you that a recession is coming, but not when. For example, a recession typically occurs one and a half years on average after the yield curve inverts. Although it is a good signal and has a good track record, I wouldn't make an investment decision based on that alone. Thomas, is it an ironclad rule that recessions accompany bear markets in equities? Although recessions often coincide with bear markets, this isn't true the other way around. There have been 26 bear markets since 1920, but only 15 happened during a downturn. Is it plausible that we've already seen the majority of financial market weakness this year as we anticipate a recession and equity markets could enter a more positive phase even as the economy slows? If the Fed decides to cut rates, financial markets will likely benefit from the decline in borrowing costs. Well, bottom line, do you anticipate a severe recession or a milder one? At this time, I expect the recession to be garden variety. However, if higher rates trigger a financial crisis, the downturn could become more severe. Thank you, Thomas. If our listeners want to view for yourselves and read more about the economic indicators that we referred to today and some that we didn't discuss, simply click on the research and news heading at the top of our website, confluenceinvestment.com, and scroll down to the business cycle report. Today's discussion is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. Opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler. You can find us on Twitter at ConfluenceIM.